A warm welcome to another Action for Happiness podcast. As always, I'm your host, Guy. What a great pleasure it is to be part of this incredible charity, especially in these difficult times of pandemic and uncertainty. Our guest today is mindfulness expert, author, and creator of the Live and Dare online courses, Giovanni Deitzman. As the world continues to limit our ability to meet other people and is forcing us to spend more time alone, Mindfulness and meditation are wonderful tools we can use to find peace of mind and purpose. We discuss the different styles of meditation, we dig into self-discipline, and we also touch on spirituality. Stay tuned to find out how the Action for Happiness listeners can access free meditations and content with a code and link that we'll share at the end of the episode. It's much more than your ability to build habits, positive habits, and, and to break negative habits. Um, it, it's more than your ability to meditate every day and, and to say no to donuts. Um, it is your ability to keep on track with what is most important for you in your life. Right? And to day in and day out, to live a life without regrets. To live in a way that your actions, your words and your thoughts, they are in harmony with your vision for yourself, with what you want. Action for Happiness is a movement of people committed to building a happier and more caring society. You can join thousands of others who are spreading a bit more happiness in their homes, workplaces, schools and local communities. Our website has all the information you need for our 10 days of happiness program, watch talks from inspiring speakers and our Exploring What Matters course, which is helping people and groups worldwide. All the information is online and we're here to answer any questions you have. Don't forget to like, subscribe Follow to keep up to date with all our content and find out more at actionforhappiness.org. Join the movement and be the change. Giovanni, thank you so much for taking the time to join us by the, the wonders that is Zoom, all the way from Australia. Really awesome to have you here. Absolutely. Giovanni is a mindfulness expert, especially as it relates to meditation and self-discipline, both topics which are super relevant in this current climate. You know, I, I'm still struggling to believe that the majority of the world is still being locked down due to the coronavirus. And um, especially with the, re- the recent resurgence of cases here in the UK, like the town of Leicester, for example, but also in Florida, Mexico, there are there's still signs that this may go on for some while. It's resulted in people spending a lot more time alone, being restricted in what they can and can't do. And it's, um, it's been a mental test to us all. But having said that, this lockdown has also been an opportunity for people to, to discover new hobbies, new challenges and new skills. And, and one in particular that had been growing is mindfulness and meditation. How has this been for you? How has this experience been for you? And, you know, have, have there been any, has there been a resurgence in Australia? And you're from Sydney, right? Yeah, well, I was uh, born and raised in Brazil, but uh, migrated to Sydney eight years ago. Um, here, I think it's been quite, it's been well managed, right? Yes. So uh, co- comparing to the, the UK and the US, for instance, it's been well managed. So now life is going back to normal. You can already go to a restaurant. You can have, uh, you can have a meal in a shopping center. So things are, um, almost back to normal. And how has this epidemic affected you personally? Mm. If we go back to the, to the end of March and you know, it, for you, how, how, how has it affected you? You know, um, I don't know if it's because of uh, my meditation training or, uh, you know, the way that I see life and and that I see myself, but 
this has not affected me so deeply. Um, I, I, have, I have trained myself to be able to accept reality um, as it is. And of course, there's come, there has been some um, troubles with that. So for instance, we have a nine-month-old nine daughter and the great-grandparents wanted to come here to visit her uh, and they, they're not able to come. Um, um, my mother-in-law is also not able to come here and, and stay time with her granddaughter and, and help us out in this challenging time of life. So of course there are challenges and, um, but I guess what meditation has given me is this ability to not fight the present moment, um, to not make things worse than they are, to kind of open up and see like, okay, um, this is strange. Uh, somehow this is shocking. This is unexpected. Um, but I can, I can embrace this. I can embrace this reality and I can, I can flow with it without fighting it. Yeah. And I think that has allowed me to stay um, kind of untouched, um, undisturbed in the middle of this chaos, despite all the kind of practical life uh, changes and privations that came with it. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about the benefits of mindfulness, one thing that we don't, you don't often speak about, but it's the ability to prepare for situations like this, you know, for receiving bad news, like the loss of a loved one or a global pandemic or epidemic, you know, it's, you know, prevention is the best cure almost, right? So it's yeah. not only trying to deal with a problem when it arises, but also to be prepared and be, you know, have the tools already in place and, you know, the, the muscles have been worked out for that tool. So that when something like this does happen, you're in a much better position in which to, to defend yourself and to prepare for it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I like to say that your life is as your mind is. You know, your life is a reflection of your mind. And uh, if you make your mind uh, calmer, uh, purer, uh, more resourceful through practices of mindfulness and meditation, then yeah. you'll be able to, to deal with whatever punch uh, life throws at you. Right. Yeah. And um, a metaphor that I usually use with my, my students is um, you get a bucket of salt and you pour that in the bathtub, that water gets salty. But you get that same bucket of salt and you pour it in a lake or in the ocean, it does not get more salty. It almost makes no difference. And so the practice of meditation allows our mind to be more like the ocean by letting go of attachment to the personality, to the ego. Uh, by allowing the thoughts and personality constructs to just come play and go and abiding in that deeper space of, of stillness, of peace, of awareness, we are able to, to really function from being the ocean rather than being a small bathtub. Yeah. So Love from it. you, so, so you personally, what was your journey like, your mm. own personal experience? Yeah. So I started when I was 14 years old. I was um, a very restless teenager. Um, I don't think I was the, um, diagnosed with ADHD, but I think I had that because I, I had a lot of restlessness in me, perhaps a bit of anxiety. And some years before that, I had a lot of anger in me. I had severe anger issues when I was a kid. So there was all of that. And there was also this, this spiritual interest that was awaiting to be awakened right and this all kind of happened at the same time where i first started reading the books of paulo coelho 
which is an unlikely start. But um, yeah, that um, kind of opened my mind to to kind of exploring what else there is to life. And then there was a workshop of meditation in my city by a group called Brahma Kumaris. I think many people have been um, uh, initiated into meditation by Dan the West. So in an hour workshop, one day I went and um, there was a guided meditation. And that was a deep experience for me. I felt that for the first time I was at peace. I was happy and content in the present moment. Nothing to run after, nothing to run away from. Just kind of comfortable under my own skin. And that was a very new experience and, and a very precious experience. I came out of that workshop feeling like I want to go deeper into this. I want to experience more of this. And then I decided that I would um, continue practicing meditation every day of my life. And that's been the beginning of the journey. Now I um, started meditating five days a week and then went to six and seven eventually. I um, explored different styles of meditation um, in Buddhism, uh, then the non-duality meditation and the several styles of meditation in yoga. Um, and so my, my journey has uh, not been a straight line. I have explored many different things. I have sat with a different masters, roshis, yogis, gurus, monks, whatever you call. And I have learned from all of them. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't plan to, to go like this, but that's the way it, it went for me. And, and that's why as a meditation teacher, I emphasize that finding the right technique for you is really important. It, it makes a big difference. If you have tried meditation and you feel like meditation is not for you, uh, it, it might be that that meditation style that you tried is not for you. And that there's another one uh, out there that you would try and, and just connect with. You know, help to explain to our listeners, when you say different styles of meditation, can you, can you perhaps elaborate a bit on that? Sure, so most people, when they think of meditation, they think of um, breath awareness or mantra, right? It's basically mindfulness or TM. That's kind of the general feel to it. But, um, there are hundreds of different styles of meditation. There is chakra meditation. There is loving kindness meditation. There is um, yoga nidra meditation. There is visualization. There is mandala. There is zazen. There are so many different styles. Every um, wisdom tradition in the planet have developed their own ways to meditate. You know, the Christians, the Greek philosophers, everyone, they have their own styles of meditation. And, um, just like there are many different types of sports, you know, and, and many different diets, and, and not all of them are gonna work for everyone. So if all you think there is to sport is swimming and basketball, then if you try them both and you don't like it, you may think that physical exercise is not for you, right? You, mm -hmm. you, you're gonna have to lose weight some other way. Yes. But uh, there are like so many different ways. Right? It's important to, to try them to try them in a way that is um, kind of systematic, you know, spend a week with each different style of meditation, maybe journal your experiences, um, go deep into what is the benefit, what is the transformation that you want from meditation? Because if you want to experience less anxiety, right, the style of meditation is gonna be most optimal for you. It's probably different from if your main goal is to have better concentration. 
right? Or is spiritual awakening or is to deal with depression. These are different challenges and there are different styles of meditation that will be better suited for each of these challenges. You talk a lot about the three pillars of meditation. It seems to be quite central in your teaching. Mm. So following on from what you just said, you know, tell us a bit more about what those three pillars are and, and for our listeners, why are they important? Sure. So after teaching meditation for many years, um, you know, more than 20,000 people have, have learned from me either directly or indirectly through my courses. I started noticing the patterns, like what are the essential concepts? What are the things that people usually struggle with and the things that are, you know, the biggest levers in their practice. And I realized that they, these fall into three different groups. So I call these the three pillars of meditation, habit, technique, transformation. So habit is um, the first thing that most people will struggle with, which is they go and they try meditation and they, they, they like it and they practice every once in a while and um, they don't have a consistent practice. And therefore, um, you know, five years from now, your practice hasn't really gone that deep. Um, and the benefits you have experienced were mostly on the surface. So the first requisite is that you turn meditation into a daily habit because uh, our mind is playing tricks on us every day, right? uh, many times a day. We are faced with um, uh, opportunities for anger and anxiety and stress and fear every day, multiple times a day. And so if we want to really transform ourselves and really tap into the benefits of meditation, it's important that that practice happens daily as well. And so uh, how do you create a daily habit? And that's where self-discipline comes in. You know, it, it doesn't need to be difficult. There are some principles you can follow that will allow you to, to build a daily habit. And we can zoom into that if we have the time uh, in this call. But that's the first pillar, habit. Transform um, an interest in meditation, a practice that happens here and there to something that is part of who you are, that is part of your life, that happens every day, no matter what. No matter how busy you are, no matter how uh, tired you are, you always make like, like brushing your least... teeth, you know, part of Ex your, exactly. your daily routine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the habit pillar. The second pillar is technique. Right. There is a chance that um, the technique that you have learned, the first one, is the perfect one for you. You know, there's a chance that that's the case, yeah. but it's unlikely. Um, you know, I, I can I can give you the example of my wife. I have uh, she has learned. Uh, a few different styles of meditation and nothing really stuck for her until one day I said, well, maybe you try this other style. And uh, she loved it from the first time she loved it. And she's been practicing meditation daily since then. Wow. And I have many similar examples with uh, my students and, and coaching clients. So the idea is um, there are different styles of meditation. They are not all created equal. Uh, your experience in each of them is going to be different. So it is worth spending some time, if meditation is something that you're going to do for the rest of your life every day, and it is worth it, um, then it is worth to spend some time experimenting with different styles and see what works best for you. All right. So just a quick example. Um, some people are more visual by nature, while other people are more uh, auditory or kinesthetic. And so there are different styles of meditation that emphasize more each of these three senses. So if you are more kinesthetic by nature, you may like um, body scan meditation, um, 
still as a mountain meditation um, and also watching the breath. But if you are more auditory by nature, such as myself, those meditations are not going to be the best ones for you. And you may enjoy something like mantra meditation better. Yeah. And if you're a visual person, you may enjoy things like visualization or the gazing, like the candle gazing meditation yes. better. Mm -hmm. So that's just one of the elements to consider, like what is the dominant sense for you? And so that is the second pillar, which is technique. Um, spend some time, um, ideally with some support, to find the ideal meditation for you. And then the third pillar is transformation. And, and here is where the rubber meets the road. Here is where you actually make use of the states of mind that you develop through meditation to actually change your habits and uh, change your life. Right? So uh, many people, uh, I, you know, I've seen even among advanced meditators, they ignore this pillar. They have the assumption that if you just practice meditation every day, everything else is going to change automatically, right? It's going to kind of um, go into your daily life automatically. And that definitely happens to a certain degree. But if you are intentional about this process uh, through some, some simple practices, uh, then you accelerate that change, right? So if you want to, let's say that you struggle with anxiety, right? And if you start a daily practice of meditation, after a while, when you sit to meditate, you will get to a point where there's no anxiety, right? It may take five minutes or it may take half an hour. It depends on the day, it depends on the person, it depends on the technique, but you will get to that point. Right? Yeah. Now, does that mean that uh, for the rest of that day, you're not gonna have anxiety? No, you're going to have to, you know, there are specific ways to, to bring that, that um, state of meditation into your daily life. You will need to bring your practice beyond your cushion, right? That's where the real self-transformation happens. So uh, otherwise meditation is something very segmented. You know, it's, it's a part of our brain that gets activated when we sit on the cushion to meditate. And we don't want that. We want it to influence our whole life. And so these are the three pillars of meditation. If you develop a daily habit and uh, you find the ideal technique for you and uh, you take this, um, this practice of meditation beyond the cushion into your daily life, then you will have the, the deeper benefits of the practice. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners who are hearing this and you know, perhaps haven't meditated before, and again, specific to this, the global climate at the moment, what would you suggest is, um, is a good way for them to, to introduce themselves into meditation? And you know, what can they take away today so that they could perhaps either begin a practice or enhance um, a practice, like you said, those that have tried it and they do it time to time. And, but you know, especially during this, these really difficult times, you know, what advice and how, how to get started and to improve? Yeah, yeah. So basically the question is about um, the habit pillar, right? How do you get started if you are new or um, if you are not new, but you have been inconsistent, how do you make it uh, consistent? Um, and, and the first tip I would give is to start small. Um, even if you have been meditating, you know, half an hour every other day or three times a week, I would say start with three minutes. Or if, if that is really too little for you, then start with five minutes. But start with a meditation session that is um, less than what you would like to practice. And there's a couple of reasons for that. First is that if you, if you make a commitment that I'm going to meditate 20 minutes every day, you know, um, 
you may have a hard time keeping up that commitment in the beginning because some days you'll be too busy or you will forget or you'll be too tired. And then you're going to rationalize and say like, uh, not today, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I just need to sleep or whatever it is. Now, if you, are, if you have a practice of three minutes or five minutes, then there's no excuse, right? You can always fit it in, in your day. So that's one reason. The other reason is um, if you feel like meditating 10 minutes, but you meditate only five, you're not stretching your motivation. You feel like you wanna come back to the practice. And that's a good feeling to have rather than to meditate everything you want to meditate and five minutes on top. And then you kind of get saturated with it. So in, in summary, start small and then increase little by little. So you can start as small as you want. It could be three minutes a day. And then every week you add one minute, mm -hmm. right? And as you can see, after a few months, you're going to be meditating 15 or 20 minutes. And you have started with three minutes and you have grown so slowly that uh, it was never too difficult. It was never challenging. Right. So, so that's the first thing. Let's start really small. The second thing is um, a lesson that we get from habit building science, um, that every habit is based on a cue, an action, and a reward. And a cue is what reminds us to take action. So I would say, if you want to make sure that you meditate every day, then choose something that you already do every day. And Add your meditation on top of that. So for most people, it is uh, you know, brushing their teeth in the morning or having a shower or having coffee, whatever it is. So I say, okay, if you do this every morning, no matter what, then that's a good anchor habit for you to have. And so you commit to yourself that after I do this thing, after I brush my teeth every morning, I will go and meditate for three minutes. Right? So you have linked the habit that you want to create to a habit that already exists for you. And if you can do that in the same place and more or less at the same time, that's even better because you're priming your brain that when that time of the day comes, you go to that corner of your room or of your living room and then you sit quiet and observe your breath or sure. repeat a mantra, whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if I can give just perhaps one, one third tip. So the first one is uh, start small. Second one is uh, connected to an existing habit. And the third one is never zero. So you make a commitment that no matter what, you will never finish a day with zero meditation. Even if you're already experienced and you're doing 20 or 30 minutes every day, uh, you make a never zero commitment that, okay, at least three minutes or at least five minutes, I have to get in every day. Yeah. I'm not going to break my chain. And so if you follow these three principles, then uh, you are able to create a daily meditation habit. There are other principles that are important, but these three, I'd say, are the, the most important ones. So Giovanna, you've kindly offered to, um, for Action for Happiness listeners um, to offer some free meditations. As a listener, now we're hearing this and we wanted now to click on and find some meditations. What, can you explain a little bit more about your, what you're willing to help provide for our listeners? Sure, sure. Um, so my main meditation program is called Limitless Life, and that covers the three pillars of meditation. It's a community of people. You have my support. I'm there in the forums every day. And uh, every day you receive a small bit of uh, a video and guided meditation for you to slowly grow through these uh, three pillars, habit, technique, and transformation. And uh, I'm offering a $1 trial for, for your, your tribe. 
but not only that, if they go to liveandair.com forward slash action for happiness, then uh, they're able to download three free guided meditations. Whether they join the program or not, it's, it doesn't matter. But uh, if you go there and uh, you sign in, you're going to get three free guided meditations. Yeah. Um, so specific first... to Action for Happiness listeners, they'll get the, you know, without having to pay anything, they can get these free, free guided med- meditations. Okay, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. Absolutely. And I've never offered these three meditations for free for uh, in any other podcasts or anything. So um, it's really for your tribe. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, get down. All the links are provided in the description. So you'll have all, you know, just one click link to, to access these meditations. You're listening to the Action for Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Guy. And in the second half, we dig into spirituality and end on self-discipline with great tips on how to develop a consistent meditation practice. So let's talk a little bit about spirituality. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's a phrase that's often associated with mindfulness and just introspection in general. Uh, and it's one that you talk about, again, quite often. Just given that spirituality and religion are both very heavily loaded words, and there's often a confusion between the two. You, what is spirituality for you? And how is it different from religion? Or not different? Yeah. Yeah, these are really good questions and deep questions um, and questions that are difficult to answer because they're very subjective and very fun to talk about yeah yeah we can spend a lot <laughs> for hours and hours yes but absolutely but please um so the way i see spirituality is a way to approach life it's a way to see yourself and the world and it's perhaps easier to define um what is not spirituality so if you believe that all there is to life is the material reality that you can access via the five senses and if you believe that um, your consciousness your your life is just a product of the biological brain uh, with its chemical reactions and electrical impulses um, and if you think that you know all, all, all there is that all there is is what meets the eye you know, and that this is, this is, this is it, you know, there's, there's nothing more that uh, life begins and ends with the birth and death of the body. And then that is, then that's not spirituality. Then that's basically a material, materialistic um, worldview. So you can have a materialistic worldview um, in which you just believe in what you can access through the five senses and what is proven uh, by science. Um, or you can have a materialistic or a spiritual worldview in which you, you have the assumption that there is much more than what you can meet, than, than what you can um, access through the five senses. And that there have been people all over the world in all different cultures who have devoted their life to explore the spiritual dimension of life. And they have discovered certain truths or certain practices that greatly empower them and that they can empower you too. So, Spirituality is this deeper search for, for meaning, for purpose, um, for truth, um, beyond what is material. So for some people, it includes believing in God, in whatever shape that takes, or, or in many gods, if you are a Hindu. Um, but it almost always includes believing that consciousness is primary, while matter is secondary, meaning that your life... Um, 
kind of uh, goes beyond the death of the body. That there is a, a reality um, that is non-material, right? And that we somehow exist there and will continue to exist uh, beyond the death of this body. That's something that almost all religions and spiritual philosophies will will agree on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's. Um, I would say that spirituality is different than religion in a way that um, religion is is spirituality with a dogma, um, with an organization. Um, it is it is a little bit more tight. It has more um, um, more of a structure to it, and um, it usually has an intermediary. Like you need someone else in order to be able to access um, the divine inside of you or, or outside of you while spirituality is more about, um, exploring, um, the spiritual dimension of your own life by yourself. Right. And that doesn't mean that you go and, and get a little bit of, out of everything. Um, um, cause that, that's not always helpful. Uh, you can't go and have one single tradition that you resonate with more. Uh, it could be Buddhism, it could be Christianity, it could be Islam. Uh, but it does mean that you take responsibility for your own um, journey, for your own spiritual awakening, rather than depend on an intermediary. That's one of the differences. What is the difference, there, therefore, between meditation practice with a spiritual intention versus the, the secular meditation? Yeah. So the techniques may be the same. You know, you may be you may be a devout Buddhist watching your breath or you may be um, an atheist executive watching your breath and you're both doing exactly the same technique, but the context and the goal is different. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. Uh, in one case, the, the devout Buddhist may be watching the breath because they want to purify the mind uh, out of the negativities and they want to purify the mind because they want to release themselves from uh, bad karma and from the cycle of rebirth so that they can attain liberation which is the goal of that tradition. While for an atheist executive following the same technique, he may just want to improve his ability to focus, improve his memory and decision-making skills. And um, this technique is proven to do that. So he will take it and he will practice without touching into any of its um, philosophical aspects. And the nature of most meditation techniques is such that you that you can decouple the spiritual philosophy from the technique itself. Right. Right? It, there is no doubt that all meditation traditions have come from a spiritual background, right? But they almost all of them can be practiced um, separate from that spiritual background. But then what happens is for many people that start practicing meditation with, um, with another type of goal, which is not bad. Um, it's with a non-spiritual goal. It could be emotional healing and well-being. It could be personal growth. It could be performance. Uh, it could be uh, physical health, whatever it is. Um, if they continue for long enough, many of them will start to have experiences and insights that um, will challenge uh, a materialistic worldview. Now, there are things that uh, cannot be proven by mathematics and cannot be measured by any device that we have at the moment but they are experiences and insights that when they happen, uh, you cannot deny them. They, they, they are very real for you. And when that happens, then your mind starts opening up to explore the spiritual aspect of meditation. So, you know, th- thank you for that. But, um, you know, as we're coming to the end of the podcast, um, 
And I just wanted to touch again a little bit on the self-discipline. You know, if we're trying, if we've liked this idea of meditation and, and mindfulness, and, and what we want to get our our practice on the way, you know, because the intention might be there. Yeah, meditation is great. Just like when it comes to you know the end of the the year and people, you know, just decide to give up alcohol and they're going to stop smoking and they're going to go to the gym, but then self-discipline. So the intention was there, but the, the the discipline to execute and to follow through is a, is an area that like any muscle needs to be exercised and work. So, you know, so why don't we talk about, why don't we um, talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, you know, in the past 20 years, I have you know, read over 200 books on personal growth, meditation, spirituality. I have gone to seminars. I have received coaching. I have coached people. I have thought deeply about these things. And um, what I've come to realize is that uh, there are two core virtues that, um, that are essential in our life, regardless of what we want, we want. And they are self-awareness and self-discipline. Um, some, some authors say self-discipline is the king of all virtues. And if that's the case, then self-awareness is the queen. You know, they're both mm. really, really needed. So what is self-discipline? Self-discipline is your ability to allow your higher values and your higher goals to direct your life. It, it's much more than your ability to build habits, positive habits, and, and to break negative habits. Um, it, it's more than your ability to meditate every day and, and to say no to donuts. Um, it is your ability to keep on track with what is most important for you in your life. Right? And to day in and day out, to live a life without regrets. To live in a way that your actions, your words, and your thoughts, they are in harmony with your vision for yourself with what you want, with uh, who you want to become. And when you live like that, you go to sleep every night feeling satisfied, feeling satisfied with the way you have acted during the day and the way you spent your time during the day. So self-discipline is your ability to choose what you want most, not what you want right now. It's your ability to, to prioritize um, you know, long, uh, deeper goals, more important values than uh, instant gratification. And if you have that, of course, it will be much easier for you to achieve any type of goal. It will be easier for you to uh, exercise every day, every day if you want to. Uh, stop eating things that you don't want to eat anymore. Um, you know, uh, grow in your career, make more money, even improve your relationships. You know, because uh, even your relationships, if you, uh, you're going to have to change certain things about yourself in order to, to be a better partner. And uh, that requires self-awareness and that requires self-discipline because we have habits that are not um, conducive to a good relationship sometimes. So how are we going to show up day in and day out um, following what we know we need to do unless we have self-discipline? So self-discipline is really um, at the core of any goal we want to achieve. And even if we just want to live a healthier life. And um, meditation helps developing both these core skills, self-awareness and self-discipline. Um, it helps with self-awareness. That's quite obvious. It's an exercise of awareness, right? We all know. Now, how does it help with self-discipline? Well, whenever we sit to meditate, we have an intention. Um, we want to kind of guide our mind to be in a certain way. Let's say that we're focusing on the breath. So we have an intention to keep our mind with the breath moment after moment but then there are distractions inevitably and we forget and we go astray. 
And when we notice that, we bring it back. This exercise is an exercise of willpower. It is a micro exercise of willpower and self-discipline that happens um, many times whenever we sit to meditate. And so by continuous, continuously meditating, having a meditation practice in our daily life, and that's the pillar of transformation, we can apply that same skill in our daily life that we want to act in a certain way. We want to say no to certain things, but then we begin to stray and we notice that and we bring ourselves back on track. That's the same muscle of self-discipline that we have developed in meditation. So that's why it's a, it's a topic I'm very passionate about. Again, beautifully explained, my friend. So for our listeners um, wanting to um, you know, find out more, get access to the meditations you've spoken about, learn a bit more about you, uh, remind us, how can they do that? If they go to liveandair.com forward slash action for happiness, then uh, they're able to download three free guided meditations. Whether they join the program or not, it's, it doesn't matter. But uh, if you go there and uh, you sign in, you're going to get three free guided meditations. Again, all the links in the, desc in the description below. And Giovanna, we really appreciate your time. Um, there was a lot of really cool and useful tips that we can take away. And so, um, again, thank you very much. We'll speak soon. Great. Thank you, Guy. And remember, if you'd like to create a kinder and happier world, please get involved with Action for Happiness. You can join thousands of others who are spreading a bit more happiness in their homes, workplaces, schools and local communities. Our website has all the information you need to sign up for our Exploring What Matters course and also details about facilitating one yourself. All the information is online and we're here to answer any questions you have. Again, don't forget to subscribe, like and follow to keep up to date with all our content. Find out more at actionforhappiness.org. Join the movement, be the change.